Happy Hanukkah, everyone. This is Rabbi Ilan Feldman with a thought for the second candle, the second day of Hanukkah. This is not only for the time of lighting the menorah, but for any time in Hanukkah, and specifically for the second day. Uh, I want to focus on a relatively obscure but significant dimension of the Hanukkah story. And that has to do with the way the Gemara relates the story of Hanukkah where, among other interesting details, the Gemara says, when the royal house of Hashmonai was victorious over the Greeks. So that's an unusual turn of phrase because the Hashmonaim were not royal figures until after the Hanukkah story. As the Rambam says, once they were victorious over the Greeks, the Hashmonaim restored royalty to the Jewish people for 200 years. Interestingly enough, According to the Ramban in Parshas Vayechi uh, and other authorities, uh, that was not really that was a violation of Jewish law because Hashmonaim are Kohanim from the tribe of Levi, and the royal house is supposed to be from Yehuda and not from any other tribe. But the Gemara says that the royal house of Hashmonaim was victorious. How could they be a royal house before they were kings? And um, even when the Rambam records his version, so to speak, of the uh, Hanukkah miracle, he includes the fact that royalty was restored to the Jewish people for 200 years. That's really a consequence of Hanukkah, but that's not what happened. That's not the story of Hanukkah itself. So why is that an important dimension? Uh, and how could the Hashmonaim have ever made such a mistake? Uh, that they took upon themselves for four generations to uh, occupy the throne of the Jewish people. So Rabbi Yerucham Alshin, in his Sefer that uh, collects various Divrei Torah about Hanukkah, applies a thought from Rav Simcha Zissel Ziv, the altar of Kelm, the elder of Kelm. Simcha Zissel says that royalty isn't what we think it is. We usually think of the royal figure as someone who uses his power uh, to lord over others, who somehow, if he aspires to royalty, it's because of ego needs or because of power needs. Um, and he, that person is really somebody who is occupying the throne for his own well-being. That may be the case out there in the world, but... In the Jewish people, the royal figure is the most developed character of commitment to others. It's the development of the fullest extent of caring for other people. No say ba'ol im chavero, one who actually shoulders uh, everybody else's burden. There's chesed, there's loving kindness, there's caring for others, and then there's actually living others' pain and taking it upon oneself to relieve the suffering and to fulfill the needs of others. And the way the Rambam describes the royal figure in the Laws of Kings, the Rambam describes a royal figure as someone who is absolutely committed to the well-being of his people and establishes institutions that will deliver whatever it is that's needed. And a figure like David HaMelech or Shlomo, who actually aspired to be king, or Yosef, who has aspirations royalty. These are not people who were looking for personal advancement. These are people who 
so identified with the needs of Klal Yisrael, with the tzibur, with the community, with the public, with the Jewish people, that they wanted to be in a position to be able to provide whatever was needed. The royal figure, the, the human royal figure, is actually a reflection of the divine royal figure. Kodesh Baruch Hu is king, and as king, what he does is provide, not take. That's what the Jewish king is all about. The Hashmanayim were that group of people who, although they were not noted as royal figures, they didn't occupy any office, they were Kohanim, but they undertook an attitude of Malchus, an attitude of royalty, total commitment to the well-being of the Jewish people. They saw what was going on. They saw that we were losing our identity almost totally. They were a small minority who said, our own well-being is not our interest. Our own well-being doesn't matter. We're going to step forward and take responsibility for the Jewish people as God's people. And that attitude of total devotion was an attitude of royalty. And therefore, the Gemara is able to say that they were the royal house of Hashmonayim, even before they were actually occupants of the throne. And when the Rambam talks about the restoration of royalty to the Jewish people, perhaps, says Revulsion, the Rambam is referring to the fact that that whole attitude of personal commitment and sacrifice for the well-being of the broader Jewish people uh, is what uh, typified the Hanukkah story and lasted well after it. It's possible that that's why they made the mistake, and it was a halachic mistake, to maintain the royal position, because they thought that since they had merited the victory over the Greeks because of that attitude, that they would therefore continue as kings because that was like a horasha, like a temporary imperative. Um, they were, however, held accountable, and ultimately uh, they, uh, they perished. So that tells us that one of the things we want to absorb as we contemplate Hanukkah is what level of identification do we have with the community, and what is our desire for the well-being of the Jewish people. And on Hanukkah, we look around and we see that the Jewish people suffers spiritually, for sure, and many, many areas of the Jewish people are still physically not in great shape at all. And even in our own community, there are people who can use attention, whether it's physical attention, emotional attention, or spiritual attention. And one of the messages of Hanukkah is that we want to emulate the attitude of the royal house of Hashemunayim.